Nicki Minaj, my nigga. It's the Going Off Podcast with the Rap Critic and Muse. Oh boy, we got we got a show for you today. What the hell is going on? <laughs> what the hell is going, What's going on? on? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, it's cool hand Nick. All year round. Until she fucking drops an album and it doesn't perform as well as she would have hoped. Now Katy Perry, as we talked about, she waited like a whole year. To be like, oh, you know, I was a little disappointed uh, to see that my album didn't sell that great. And that was about it. You didn't see Katy Perry lashing out, blaming the streaming services and every one of her relevant peers. And you know what I didn't like about it? Like, her defenders were saying, oh, no, 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 see, like, it felt like every everything that was, like, very clearly obvious, like, she's kind of just complaining. She put in LOL, but it's, like, the LOL you put in when you're trying to soften the blow of what you're saying, but you're really kind of <laughs> angry about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is what she said. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into writing a dope album only for Travis Scott to have Kylie Jenner post a tour pass telling people to come see her in Stormy. LOL, period. I'm actually laughing, period. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually laughing right now. Believe me, guys, for real. (laughs) I'm not phased in the slightest, you guys. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This is like, and you know, the thing is is that uh, Queen broke records being number one in 86 other countries, you know, like Uh... just not the US, you know. But she said it was number one in eighty six countries, so so there. And it's just like, like that stinks of bitterness. You're fine. You're still a millionaire. Like no one's, you know, like literally no one would have made this big of a deal about it if she wouldn't have done this. And now it especially looks like, oh, like you know, it's one of those. The fact that you're bringing it up means that you obvious. It's obviously getting to you. And so the internet being the ravenous dog that it is, is latching onto that and, be, and basically being like, uh, you mad, you mad. <laughs> and it's causing her to respond even further and get angry. And it's like, it's all her, like, trying to explain away why she wasn't number one in this country to people who weren't asking. You're not supposed to let them see you sweat. Like, if you're a boss like that. Like, this is the insecurity and bitterness that I kind of heard on the album last week. Did you see the other tweet? Where she just went, do you know how many subscribers I have on Spotify? In all caps. Like, alright, look. I'm having a hard time believing any of this is genuine. And that's weird because then if it isn't genuine, why would you do it? No record label would ever say, hey, Nikki, you're not selling enough albums. Go on Twitter and complain about it. That'll sell more. Like, that's not a strategy, right? She had one tweet that uh, that said, uh, people are calling me thinking I'm huffing and puffing. OMG, y'all, this is sarcasm slash dry humor. Yikes. I'm having the most iconic time. <laughs> Just like, really? Is this normal behavior? Like, is this the typical Twitter experience you get from following Nikki where she just acts super mad about shit all the time but does it out of irony that's why i'm saying this it can't be an act because someone's saying this someone's saying i was totally joking you guys that's not what you do if this is a strategy that is an honest to goodness i mean unless she's like her labels giving her psychology classes on how people react to things uh, i'm gonna assume occam's razor and assume that she legitimately is just like 
you know, it comes through the text. You know what I mean? Then people started coming at her for including the Fifi song, you know, because at first, you know, uh, people were talking about that. But now that she added it on, you know, that that talk is flaming up again and people are saying, oh, you know, you're working with the pedophile and you're trying to get money from his from working with him. And she had a a, a pretty good retort, I think. Uh, She basically said, well, it's not fair that. Takashi 69 works with you know I'm not the first person Takashi 69 worked with he worked with other people in the industry uh including Trippy Red whom we're about to review this week and no one said anything until I did it like there was an article that's like oh is Nicki Minaj enabling like uh predators and you know yes in a way she is that is definitely a true thing but on top of that it's like how come you only want to have this conversation when it's her? But then Nicki Minaj went on to basically kind of say like, oh, uh, well, Lady Gaga, you know, she worked with R. Kelly and nobody da da da. And it's like, okay, whoa, 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 that's not true. That is totally not true. People totally shat on uh, uh, Lady Gaga. And I remember that because she went back and did like other versions of it. I remember and- Chance the Rapper was getting some flack because he had had r kelly on tour with him or something yeah yeah like, there are plenty of fucking uh creeps and skeevy shady assholes in the industry that you can honestly probably take issue with people working with most people yeah at this exactly point. That's like the thing. like everybody has done something problematic and that's not to excuse the people who have worked with pedophiles or the pedophiles themselves I'm just saying like you're saying nikki isn't the first person to have worked with six nine now i'm wondering if it's because Nikki still kind of has a, uh, does she still have a younger audience? I kind of have a feeling she might. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. And she also has her foot in the fucking pop game, too. And what we've talked about on the show before is that people just have a preconceived um, opinion on rappers and don't really expect too much uh, they already think they're misogynistic and homophobic. So when a rapper like Trippy Red, who maybe not a lot of people are familiar with, works with Six Nine, pe- maybe people in the rap industry and, and community are like, eh. But maybe not a whole lot of people even know what's really going on. Nicki has the number two album in the in the country right now. Your eyes are on her. I'm wondering if that has something to do with it, as well as. She already has the background of having a brother who also did some... That's what I was also about to say. It's just like, well, that's especially bad in your case, because we're already kind of like... You already supported your brother in that You were sort of already thing. called out for this shit before, yeah. Yeah, and so, it, it, like, I don't think it's directly related. Like, I highly doubt Nicki Minaj was like, Ooh, Takaji 6 9 is a pervert? I want to work with it. Like, I doubt that's how that went. There's a lot of industry politicking and everything that goes into that that we just don't know. We don't know who presented that. Like, I remember when we reviewed Astro World, we found out later that, like, Travis Scott himself didn't really have a whole lot to do with getting all those people on the album, like Stevie Wonder and John Mayer. Like, that was all the label pulling the strings, getting like, we need these people on the (laughs) album. Like, those probably weren't even his idea. Travis Scott is an industry-created Kanye, is what you're trying to say. I don't know how much say Nicki really had in that so... I don't know. I feel weird judging the artists on things like that. Now, sure, it's easy to say that, oh, you know, you could have said no or whatever, but you don't really know that for sure. Like, we find more and more skeevy shit 
about like contractual Hollywood. obligations and shit. <laughs> All of that. Like, maybe if it's one of these fucking cross-promotion things, like, oh, you did this, and now we gotta pay this label back, and we gotta have him on here for this reason. We don't know. And if anyone in the comment section does have some information on that little bit of background, I'd love to see it, because I'm interested in that type of shit, but I can't say for sure whether or not she's responsible for that. And I'll say this. I'll say this. It's not like you know, artists sit around all day, you know, they're not like you and me. They don't have time to look up every celebrity sometimes and see everything that they're doing. You know what I mean? They don't have the list of who are the unproblematic celebrities that it's okay to work with. We don't, that's not a thing. R. Kelly, there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse at that point because he's been around for a couple of decades. But Takashi, I could see someone being like, oh, uh, what? But, you know, until you see the fucking video where he's walking out of court with a bag of money talking about, I'm a happy rapist. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, man. Okay. Like, and I understand, oh, he's being ironic. You know, this being ironic shit is getting y'all fucked up. Learn how to use humor, goddammit. Y'all don't know what irony and satire and sarcasm are. Imagine if at the end of the OJ case... OJ took out a camcorder and is like, ha I'm the happy murderer. But see, I'm saying it ironically because I didn't actually kill my wife. But see, the point is I got off a of murder. So I'm saying it ironically. I'm a happy murderer. No, I'm a happy murderer would have been on the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> this week, we were requested by Bunker King to review Coldplay's Prospects March slash Viva La Vida. Coldplay is a group that uh, I've never been particularly into so this is the first time ever listening to a full album of theirs um this is considerably different though this is a different approach a different sound for Coldplay uh co-produced by Brian Eno uh who worked extensively with David Bowie uh very experimental in his music back in the 70s and 80s uh made it to made it a point to have every song on the album sound different made that like a prerequisite almost. They all need to sound different. Well, is that what he uh, thought about going into this album? Uh, yes, this one, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I've got some disappointing news. This, I, I wasn't even sure what this album was because looking at the album cover and looking at the tracks and listening to it, I was thinking this was going to be like a concept album. Me too, especially with the big hit single. Viva La Vida, I mean, let's just, Viva La Vida is like the lifeblood of this album. You needed this halfway through to keep you fucking awake, especially after the Chinese sleep chant, which, why is it Chinese? Viva La Vida is easily, far and away, the best song on the entire project in Maybe my the opinion the best thing that's happened to their entire career honestly <laughs> it's the big hit it's the one everyone remembers i've always liked it a lot and i didn't even care for coldplay but i was was a really big fan of the song um listening to the rest of the album it sounds like this song captured what were tried on other songs but yeah. done the best all in one and it's like you don't even fucking need the rest of the album. The rest of the album. <laughs> because Viva La Vida is so damn good. Let, let's just say, doesn't start on the best foot. Dude. What? Okay. As an intro, trying mm. to, I guess, let you know what the album's going to be about, it definitely is like, 
Yep, this is going to be boring pseudo feel good music. That that if you're not ready for this, you you might as well just stop this album right now. <laughs> Life in Technicolor sounds like a PlayStation One title screen. <laughs> it goes on for way too long to be an intro, which I guess is just meant to be its own track since it isn't called an intro. But only after the two minute mark do you get some shouting and drum fills that kind of mix it up but by that point it's too fucking late it's just i've already checked out at that point the first time i listened through this album you know i I, you know how i do i like to listen through it just listening and letting it just wash over me and then the second time i look at it more analytically the first time i was bored to death with an album that was supposed to be playing in the background and then the second time, I actually was like, oh, wait a minute, there was that special moment, and I actually like that song. And, that, and I was like, wow, why? I just forgot all of these, even though they're not that bad individually, but, like, just listening through to it, like, I just, it wasn't capturing me. But it wasn't until I was listening to it more deeply where where I caught, like I said, the Cemeteries of London, the imagery in that one, um, <clears throat> the killer violins in Yes, absolutely loved uh, what they were doing there, and the little... I think it was like the hemiola, the burp, 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 That was pretty cool. And then, of course, you had Strawberry Swing, which was, I feel like, the first. A lot of this album feels very flat, mixing-wise. It feels like real drums don't actually hit you until Strawberry Swing. I don't think I got that. I don't think I picked up on that per se, myself. Okay, it, it, it felt flat to me up until... Uh, Viva La Vida and Strawberry Swing where it, where it felt like, okay, these are songs. That's funny. Strawberry Swing was one of my like least interested tracks in the whole thing. I was like, eh. You, you know, I, I, I'll say this. That didn't grab me at all. It's their brand of happy music. It, it has the feeling of like, you know, if you get to the end of the movie and and you've lost a lot, but you still got one or two things. So that's how we're riding. You know, it's like the sort of Pyrrhic victory sound of happy music, you know? The day could be blue or gray, but it doesn't mean anything if I'm not with you. Like, okay, I get what the lyrics are trying to say. A lot of this just kind of lost me in genericness and his voice, which feels very... It just sounds like tired and bared down upon, but there's nothing in the lyrics that really gets you into that spirit of being you know, bared down upon. You see what I'm saying? Uh, except for Viva La Vida, which had an amazing storyline, had an amazing uh, illustration and musical accompaniment, which uh, utilized his voice. You know, the beat-down king who's lost everything. That worked there. But everywhere else, it just feels like, come on, man. Like, can you step just a couple of tracks up? Chris Martin sounds like a less interesting Tom York from Radiohead. Ooh, okay, so there's one song where, remember how I said Tom York reminds me a bit of Damon Albarn, and I know these are all, like, British in their 40s guys. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) there's definitely a trend going on here, yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know I love Damon Albarn, you know that's my joint. There was one, uh, song where they, where they literally said, hey, that's, uh, uh, they really liked this one song by Blur, and so they tried to make that song and they literally said like but because we're not good enough we just gave up on it and we made something else <laughs> like okay man you you just you're just giving your hand away right now like <laughs> and i think i think um 
I think it's the same thing, something similar they said about the song Yellow, uh, which was their first big hit. And I remember when that song came out, because I was like, what the fuck is this? In fact, I remember when Viva La Vida came out, I was flabber-freaking-gasted that it was the same group. (laughs) There was a story I heard about, uh, it came out after David Bowie had died, but Coldplay approached David Bowie uh, to do a song together. Uh Um. And they sent the song to David Bowie, and they were like, so, what do you think? And Bowie just goes, it's not very good, is it? Oh! Holy shit! And you know what? I didn't even need to hear the song. I know he's right. (laughs) Because, like, look, man, I didn't hate any of the songs on this album but my god i hated having to listen to it yeah, it's weird because it, and you know what it is you know what it is I, I, right around that chinese sleep chant song my ear I, my ears started perking up and i went like wait a minute this is shoegaze again <laughs> and sure oh, enough no. i looked it up and they're like oh yeah we were kind of inspired by the shoegaze i was like god damn it <laughs> Son of bitch all night. That was an elaborate troll to get you, but they got you. <laughs> like, look, I would listen. This is great lullaby music. All right, this is a great, you know, put that on and then maybe, you know, play uh, play Viva La Vida. That's the one that, that wakes you up so you can have your, you know, just a little bit so you can have a lucid dream or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I see it. I see it. This is this is the literal definition of a sleeper hit. This is perfect for you. You <laughs> yeah. know? But outside of that, as soon as I wake up, I'm turning it off, man. These are songs you hear right before you die, man. Like this is <laughs> this is not joyful. Ah, it doesn't bring anything out of you. And and there's some places where it works. Like I said, cemeteries of London. I mean, music you hear before you die. So it's cemeteries of London. All right, that works. You know, uh, is that it, the one where it's like, uh, those who aren't dead, they're not dead. They're just living in my head or whatever. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I dig it. I, I dug the imagery and then the little switch up in the middle. That was cool because there was creative stuff happening. You know what I'm saying? Cemeteries of London kind of had a, uh, they sounded a little like U2. That song in particular, music and um and what chris barn had going on it had a nice groove to it at points and that's why it's one of my favorite songs on the album a lot of the songs because i did your uh your method of rating uh all the songs and then taking the average a lot of the songs do kind of hover around the uh three and a half that's exactly what i was about to give this album (laughs) is a perfect three and a half I took the average. Mine was actually a 2.6. So my favorites, and I'm using that term very loosely, uh, were Cemeteries of London. I liked 42. Uh, I liked the strings on that one. Um, It was kind of boring. But again, halfway through, it switched up and got catchy. That's my main issue with this album, is that so many of these songs are like two or three songs and only one of the two or three are interesting. So it's like, man, I really like that one minute of that one song. What am I going to do with that? I had to sit through two minutes before I even got to that could part. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, exactly. Why would I waste my time? 
yes, Lovers in Japan was alright. Violet Hill was okay. I liked the Life in Technicolor 2. Yes, Because actually. it had lyrics. but <laughs> It was a song. It was a song. But with that comes that it was twice as long as the original. <laughs> and I don't know if I wanted that. But man, besides that one song, you can keep... The entire second part, yeah. I did Even- not need that lost remix with Jay-Z. What the hell was that? The lyrics actually aren't that bad. They're actually pretty cool the way he flips shit throughout a lot of the verse, but it doesn't fit at all. You get this fucking funeral dirge of... Yeah. And then Jay-Z pops in like, yeah, I gotta do my usual flow over this fucking dirge. How the hell's this gonna work? And And it's like, who called him up? Why do they think the song needed Jay-Z of all people? This song sounds like The Favor. Like, you know, oh, you got me on the remix for your song. Thanks, Jay-Z. Well, I mean, all right, come on ours, man. Do you gotta, come on, man, you know? Fucking Jay-Z sitting there like, oh, man, Coldplay is gonna call me up any minute wanting to be on this new joint, and I just gotta duck him. I gotta dodge him. I don't have anything to do with him. And, and the thing is, he raps, Uh, he, like, kinda sings, like, the last line of the chorus right before he raps, and as soon as you hear him saying it, it's just like, yeah, this doesn't sound right. Like, as soon as he starts, like, cause this is like, these aren't even the type of words you would say in a song. I'm just wait until the shine wears off. Uh, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, like, n- no. You don't say that sort of stuff. That's not you. I'm just waiting until the shine wears off. That's not what Jay-Z says. Jay-Z's shining all the fucking time. What are you talking about? This music sounds like rock music on the radio today for the last 10 years. It's very soft. It's very perfect for the commercial. You know, like, it, it, like this is, oddly enough, I think, in its own way. Now, I feel like this is definitely more artistically trying my takeaway with the album is that if you heard any of these songs in a drama on TV, you knew one of your favorite characters was about to die. <laughs> like, if you fucking hear one of these songs kick up, it's like, grab those tissues, motherfucker. Chris Martin, I don't know what it is, but I don't associate Chris Martin with happiness. Yeah, you know what it is? Chris Martin... Seems like, like, he's in a band in the 2000s, and he's actually really popular, and he's not Nickelback. You know, there you'd think there would be a little bit more, like, respect for him. You know what I mean? But he doesn't seem to treat his own music that way. Like, you know, with the Yellow song, they, they interviewed him, and they're like, you know, what, why'd you come up with the song? And he was just like, I don't know, I was having a giggle with me mates, and we was just like, Yellow... <laughs> And it's just, like, there's no, like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, nah, stars aren't even yellow, man. Like, <laughs> so it's just like, okay, th- like, these guys honestly sound like they just tripped into a successful career. Also, on the Going Off podcast for a little more recent album, we are listening to Life's a Trip by Trippy Red, member of this year's XXL freshman class. We've talked about him a little bit in the past. Um, you sent me a song of his uh, some time ago, a few weeks back, uh, before we even knew he was in the class because of someone that you were watching out for. And when he wasn't in the freestyle ciphers, everyone was kind of scratching their heads, asking, where's Trippy Red? 
where the fuck is he? He's too good to fucking show up with the rest of the boys. What's his deal? So, Darren, having listened to his full-length album, what did you think of ya boy, Trippy Red? Uh, false alarm. Move along. Nothing to see here. Oh. Yeah. Man. Oh, boy. You know what? Here's the thing, right? I know the audience loves when you get a good old rough-and-tumble muse and rap critic disagreement because it's fun when we shout at each other. But, dude, this is such a two. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, two interesting tracks on maybe the whole thing? Average rating on most of these songs is a three. I'm looking through here, seeing if there are any that actually... No. Even listening closer to Dark Knight Dumbo, listening to the lyrics and everything... Oh my god, I had the same experience. Right? It was like, man... That was like a car speeding down the highway, and you're like, oh man, what the fuck is that? And then it stops at a red light, and you get a real good look at it. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Fucking never mind. <laughs> Dude, this album sucked so bad. I Dude. hated it. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so... We gotta do it together! <laughs> His voice, I got him exactly pinned down. He has, he has like that uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, this is what I think soulful singing sounds like type of voice. Oh, we gotta shit. do it together! And, and, but then he switches into like, whenever he like, you know, is low on breath when he's singing, he switches into that punk voice, which would be so cool if he knew how to use it. Oh, but he so doesn't. Yeah, like, it's just like, we got to put, uh, 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 where's my double D? <clears throat> uh, double D! Yeah, we got to put it together! And then, uh, like, it's just like, <laughs> it just spills into that sound, and it's just like, this isn't working. <laughs> this is absolutely 100% not it. The scream singing, I wasn't a fan of that. The repetitive nature of the lyrics and the verses and the choruses... In a track like, again, going back to Ski Mask, it was acceptable because the production was enough to carry it. Uh, that wasn't fucking here. I, I never want to hear it again. Like, it, <laughs> this, it you know, offered me nothing. This was the, the result of Lil Wayne trying to do a rock album. That's what this is. This is... The people who he inspired. This is them coming out of the woodwork and going, yeah, I can do a half-assed rock album too. Because, man, you hear acoustic guitar all over this album. And not once does this shit rock. You hear the track abruptly start and then you just hear it in the background, I'm a rock star. I'm like, and, and I'm just like, okay, all right. Then we'll fucking come on with it then. Yeah, and not once does it. There's a track called Bang, which absolutely does not. Dude, what is going on? What the hell is... Remember what we said last week about Denzel Curry and how, oh, Clout Cobain, I'm gonna blow my brains like Cobain. Oh, well, just in case you weren't tired of that fucking cliche at this point, here comes fucking Trippy Red. He's doing like heavy topics, but you can hear in his voice that he's not taking it seriously. Yeah, there are two songs in a row, t Taking a Walk and Wish, that... He makes comments about suicide. I don't know if I should be concerned or not because it just feels like he's using it 
as another just thing to throw in a song. You're like, ooh, don't I sound deep because I said uh, I might just blow my brain. I'd be Kurt Cobain. Ugh. Oh, I left a note on my suicide door for you. Ugh. The worst thing to happen to the music industry today is the fact that Kurt Cobain rhymes with brain. Because I am so fucking tired of hearing people say they're going to blow their brains like Kurt Cobain. That's that's another rhyme we got to retire right there. Get Eminem <laughs> on the phone. You forgot one. <laughs> Look, you can't start an album with together. It's a three-minute song that just repeats forever. I thought it sounded okay at first, but then when I realized it was just going to keep going and not get any better, I honestly, like, after the first track, I was just like, ooh, I I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, if this... Uh, and in the back of my head, I'm thinking Dark Knight Demo. Like, okay, where the fuck is that? And honestly, like, Dark Knight Demo sounds like it's fucking Viva La Vida. <laughs> <laughs> I I just it just occurred to me that it just it's it's a good it's it's a decent song that finds itself on an otherwise completely unimpressive just dull stale album that's like oh yeah where the fuck is this on the entire rest of the album and honestly I feel like this song probably was not made during this album because I think this song came out a while ago. I was going to say, this sounds like it predated it, and they just figured they wanted to throw it on there to boost sales, because it's the one people recognize. Because I'm just thinking, like, everything else does it. Because, like I said, that was the song that got me hooked, right? I'm listening to it on the context of the album, and, you know, the rest of the album already is kind of weighing, you know, my experience down. And then I get to this song, and I'm like, the beat is insane. The beat is doing all the fucking work. Take a moment, count my guap, count my guap, all these rocks, they, and I'm thinking like, wait, he's just saying I'm counting my money, and it doesn't even sound cool, like, it doesn't even sound epic like he's counting millions of dollars. Sounds like he's counting hundreds at best, you know? Like, it, it, like the voice doesn't, uh, it doesn't hit you as hard, and then, like I said, this beat is so fucking epic, and all you're using it is, I'm counting money, and... I pulled up in a drop top, she dropped dead, which sounds way cooler than it, like, you know what I mean? Like, this sounds way cooler than it actually is. The phrase, pull up in a drop top, she dropped dead, would be so much cooler if it was actually, like, about, like... That would have been alright if it wasn't repeated so much. Uh, that's exactly it. It lost all meaning and all impact when you say, she dropped dead, over and over again, you're just finished with it it is a half finished song and yeah and you know you know what it is travis scott man he saved it when i was he listening really to it and like really going like you know where he says like, i don't know what planet i'm on and and i'm a king little i don't know what planet i'm on i'm a king little bitch watch the throne i hope you still have eminem on hold because <laughs> in 2018 you are no longer Legally able to rhyme elastic. I knew it. With Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Look, right before this, he references a Soul Calibur character. <laughs> then you fucking make a basic ass Fantastic Four reference 
that just feels beneath you at that point. Like, if you're going to be making references, they got to be somewhat clever, dude. And even, like, then the, the Voldo thing doesn't even, it's just like, it's, it feels oddly over, like, I felt like it would fit if the rest of the lyrics worked. You know, it would fit on that type of beat, but, you know, he's saying, I don't know what planet I'm on. I'm a king, bitch. Watch the throne. I feel like Valdo. I'll chop off your arms. What the fuck? How do we get... Where do we get into Wu-Tang Clan ter- territory out of nowhere? I wasn't ready. <laughs> I'm it going really to fe- chop off your arms. <laughs> I should have started the episode like that. <laughs> uh, it really feels like he wanted to say, like, a, like, a character everyone knows, like, Baraka. And then, like, well, no, no, no. Everyone knows Baraka. I gotta go a little deeper. Someone in Soul Calibur, maybe. But then I have no problem referencing fucking Mr. Fantastic. Fuck off! And, then, like, but it's the way he... Like I said, it feels like this might be freestyled in a way. Because there's a part where he repeats the money stretching long, it's like elastic. I'm like... Because he already... He rhymed Elastic with Fantastic, and then it's like three bars later, he brings in the money stretched long, it's like Elastic, and then doesn't rhyme it, and then just goes back to the I don't know what planet I'm on. So it's just like, are you just, like, is this like some old dirty bastard shit where you're just like drunk and you're not sure what you've actually said yet? (laughs) Travis Scott comes in with the fucking save. You know, uh, Trippy Red's talking all this, I don't know what planet I'm on, and Travis Scott, he's secure. He's like, Astroworld, that's my planet. And he might as well just be going, dude, with this verse, he might as well say, oh, by the way, guys, uh, Astro World in, in stores now. <laughs> he should have just walked up to a fucking microphone and started playing a song from his album into it. <laughs> like, hey, guys, you want a thing that isn't a total waste of time? Check out my fucking album. Dude, I, I don't, the, when the music built up and you heard the, you know, the bum, 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 when it does the little stall out hemiola thing. Um, um, with, with, with the, with the motivic pattern. And then you hear the Lambo driving like a dragon. Can't fall asleep at night cause they attack it. That is the epic imagery that should have been all throughout this song. Fucking dragons can't fall asleep cause enemies are on your back. I wanted to hear some fucking medieval P Diddy late 90s shit. That's what this should have been. If you look at the album cover. And, and then you listen to the album. It, it's it's not it's not what you'd expect. Like that fucking album cover is elaborate. It's interesting. It's got a lot of shit going on. Th- this album has nothing going on. Th- th- this album sounds like it's made by someone who's a fan of the type of music that would warrant this album cover. Mm. And that he's just imitating it. But you know, but he's still got to talk about how he's fucking your bitch and getting lots of money. And you know uh-huh. what I mean. But, 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 you know, that type of guy, he, he would still say stuff about, like, suicide and shit. Like, we're dark. I'm gonna run through it super quick, because I, I noticed some people in the comments go, oh, they didn't even talk about blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Together is a shitty opening track. It's boring and repetitive. Taking a walk. I like the beat, but it's, it's chill and fun, but the lyrics suck. Wish. Very catchy intro and chorus. Two don't tracks chorus, in a row. No chorus. Three minute. Starts repeating after the one minute mark. You gave me a three-minute song, but only one minute of organic material, and then you just repeated it again for two more minutes. I'm not here for that. That is lazy. Missing My Idols is Trippy's uh, XXL Freshman Freestyle. Yeah. P- put to a beat. Um, I will say, when Trippy actually feels like he wants to rap, 
is when I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Because he's not bad. Like, when he actually raps on Missing My Idols, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, holy shit, why weren't you doing this for the rest of it? But problem is, the beat's fucking boring. Yeah. So, I don't even care that much. And then again, if you actually read into the lyrics, that they're not even worth highlighting, because they're not that great. Uh, forever, ever, fucking Young Thug. I, I'm gonna say this about Young Thug. His voice is developing into a very fascinating register of tenor. His voice was the least annoying thing about his chorus, but it was still bad and I didn't want it. It's one of those voices where, like, I can't, I can get just, just listening. Because you're not going to catch a lot of what he's saying anyway. I got it. You know what I mean? But then you hear, like, would you love me forever, ever, baby? And then, would you fuck me forever, ever, baby? (laughs) like, (laughs) Who said romance was dead? (laughs) You gotta fuck Trippy me forever or not. Verse off, I know I've been in love for a while. You gonna make me fall in love for a while. Alright, I'm done. I'm done. But here is where I knew that you fucking, that you were about to ready to punch out during bird shit. I, I just want to read this out. Alright? <laughs> All that bullshit for the birds, eh? You ain't saying shit but a word, eh? Shitty N-words, you some turds, A. Uh, uh, Hating on a boy because I'm in first place. Okay, wait, actually I have to listen to it again because I want to I get this right. I want to get the right the way he was singing it. This, keep in mind, he's saying the lyrics, I'm in first place. Lyrics that one would assume would be celebratory. I'm in first place. Yeah, I'm in first place. Like... You don't sound like it. Like, <laughs> and then someone was like, dude, come on. And he's like, uh, I'm in first place. <laughs> Got the battery kicked into him. <laughs> His fucking, the, that song was so awkward. Like the pacing was awkward. <laughs> Again, it sounds freestyled. A really good example of that is Bang. I could not tell you what the fuck that song is about. I wrote down one-sentence summaries. Uh, Chorus. I can't do this shit anymore. Refrain. Baby, yes, you're mine. Baby, yes, you're fine. Verse. Typical brag rap about having money and guns. Like, how are you gonna go from I just don't know if I can do this anymore to I'm, I'm trying to woo this fucking lady friend to... I'm just going to brag about shooting people and well, like we're, this is all over the goddamn place and not in a good way. And it's the same thing on forever ever where uh, the song is, would you love me forever? Would you fuck me forever? Would you kiss me forever? Okay. I, I, I'm with it. The song's about love, right? And he even starts the verse. I know I've been in love for a while. You're going to make me fall in love for a while. Hey, he's repeating the, the, the word. Maybe it's just so important that he's in love with this woman that oh, this whole time he's just going to be gushing about her. Allow me to, to count the ways in which he loves her. <clears throat> yeah, nigga fresher than some Colgate, hanging with some big gorillas, and they go ape, talk down, pussy nigga, you be a cold case. Yeah, because I'm forever a thug, ever a thug. But would you love me forever, baby? <laughs> And then, and then he says, what does he say with Young Thug? He says, uh, baby, I'm forever in love, forever in love. Make me feel better with love. Well, when I said I love you, bitch, I said it was love. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, her heart doth swoon. <laughs> Can we mention real quick, Oomp's revenge? Okay, because we 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 talked about this briefly on Denzel Curry's album, uh, Blackest Balloon. A lot of people in the rap game have like dead brothers and cousins, man. Well, Jesus Christ! Because of police brutality. Both tracks, Blackest Balloon and Oomp's Revenge, like the intro where he's like, man, it's like when I say shit in my raps, it's like it comes true. Oh, it's like I'm fucking... able to tell the tr- It's like, okay. Um, you know, it's a little late in the album to be this like deep and thoughtful and personal, but you know what? I'm willing to give you a chance. What do you got? And then it's just like, yeah, it's got like a cool throwback beat, but... Other than that, and other than mentioning his brother once, like, it has nothing to do with it. It's all about how he's gonna get money, and how he's gonna fuck bitches, and how he's gonna, you know, it's just like... And then, okay, let's let's really talk about sequencing, right? Mm. Oomph's Revenge starts off with, somehow, my songs always apply to my real life, like, I be predicting the future, I think I'm good at that shit. Not even half a second before this song has started. The song before it is Shake It Up, which is Bitch Shake Your Ass, Baby Shake That Ass, Shake That Pumpkin Pie, Twin Sisters Side by Side. Really? Is this the appropriate thing to follow it with? Oh, I feel like I can tell the future. Excuse me. Uh, just got done telling these bitches to shake their asses. Like, this shit don't fit unless your prophecy, your biblical prophecy, is that you're going to get two bitches to shake their asses for you. And look, no one's shaking their ass to this album. No. Shake It Up is not, that is not playing in the clubs. It's not. <laughs> it's barely it's two fucking either. minutes. Yeah, it's really fucking short for like what is supposed to be like a club song. Yeah. A lot of these are. Like, Oops Revenge is really fucking short too. Gore. When I say repeating lines, you know, sometimes it's all right, but even if it kills me, even if it kills what, even if what, like, you gotta give me context, dude. Like, when I hear fucking Drake say, hey man, I'm making sure the whole North Side eats, but, but still, there's some people wishing really bad things for me. It's like, you know what? You're giving me a little context, but still, you're not telling me why. You're not telling me who. Like, why am I supposed to care about any of this when you're not telling me anything about you? Like, I don't care about you. And then he goes into a fucking... Like, I'm not even gonna... I'm I'm not gonna lie. I got no shame. I couldn't make it through Underwater (laughs) Fly Zone. Whoa! That was the one, the one song I liked. The Are you one <laughs> song oh, that I was fuck like, no. Um, if this had come earlier in the album, I think you would have appreciated it more. Uh, I think if it came any earlier, I wouldn't have made it through the rest of the album. I oh, you got it off. No, 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 no. no. I think this song actually it is da- it is dampened by the rest of the album, but I think as far as like. Musically, I feel like it's on point. Um, the whispering at the end kind of cheapened it. <laughs> he, he whispered? Yeah, yeah, you don't remember that? I don't have anyone's shoulder. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Stop, stop it. 
Because the song, you know, like, okay, some songs, because uh, I'll say it, some songs can be repetitive. It's okay. You know, not every song needs to be, you know, 1985 by J. Cole. I get it. But, you know, like, if the phrase is strong enough, I think it, it, it or if it touches something that I feel works with the music, then I feel like you got to give it props. And I feel like Underwater Fly Zone, with its strange song title, uh, you know, when you're listening to it, you you get that it's supposed to be about losing someone important to you. I at least got the understanding of what the context of the song was. You know, I at least could understand, you know, and I could feel the emotion a little bit. Um, th this is what every other song wanted to do, but it got bogged down with the same old shit about trying to come off as more, you know, problemed and, and, uh, um, um, and more deep than you actually are. It's like, dude, it doesn't have to be that deep, man. Just have fun. Oh, what was it? Was it the Uka Uka song? That was just like, dude, the mix for that was horrible. It was like this backwards, forward sounding beat. It was like, and I could barely hear what he was rapping. I actually liked the beat on that one, Ew. but I wasn't a fan of him. Ew. No, I hated it. Especially since it's called fucking Uka Uka, which is a Crash Bandicoot villain. And I was like, oh shit, what's he gonna do with this? Uh, just fucking play a, a backwards beat really loud in your ear while just talking about the same old shit. While saying, swear I want no pressure. No, swear I want no pressure. I don't care about that phrase. That doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm trying to say? Like... Is this impacting? Like, I feel like if you're gonna have something simple like that, it needs to, ah, it needs to mean something. And that a phrase like that needs more context than just the the sentence in and of itself, you know. And we we haven't even talked about the most boring of them all, the uh, the the honorary negative one rating song, "How You Feel." The most repetitive of them fucking all. You hear this beat? First of all, it sounds like it's clipping in the background. Like, you can hear, you know how when you repeat a certain beat and it's like, it's not perfectly uh, synced up so that you hear a little clip uh, at the tail end of it? I kept hearing that and I was just like, I, I, giving them the benefit of the doubt, it sounds like they're doing this like purposely, like, ooh, doesn't it sound cheap on purpose? But it's just like, you, the rest of the album hasn't earned you the, I'm doing something wrong on purpose sort of thing. So now this is just annoying me. And then when I even tried to give it, a little bit of like credence. You heard the clip again, and the next thing you heard was like cookies to a Girl Scout, a nobody, a mush mouth. I'm just, and then I guess I'm just trying to know how you feel. Oh, I don't care about how who this person he's talking to feels. I really don't, because he just spent like um three fucking minutes just saying. I just want to know how you feel. Just fucking ask her already. Stop wasting my time with this fucking song. <laughs> like, go to the woman already. God damn it. <laughs> like, Bang went on for too long. Yes. And then How You Feel went on too long. And I was like, when did these songs get so long? Yeah, like, it's like, at, he's at the trying to least, do both. They were to the point. But then after a while, I was like, now nah, I give up. He's trying to do the pop love song, and he's trying to be the SoundCloud Instagram rapper, and he's not good at either. In fact, it's the few times where he actually decides to rap where it's just like, oh, hey, huh, he actually is talented in one area. And it's weird because, like I said, he has the voice in some places. When he does the, like, I can hear 
if he used that right, that could be like a Danny Brown sort of endearing thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it never comes back around because it's just inconsistently used and it just feels like he doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, I think it's funny that he managed to pick for his double S his double XL freshman freestyle like the one bit of good shit he and did he on fucking the whole knew album. that was the best song too yeah he was like this is the only I, there there are no other choices this is the only one i could fucking bring to the table because none of these other ones have lengthy enough verses of me saying interesting shit missing my idol's the only one of all of the songs on here, I said the, the average rating is like about a three, but I did uh, come to an average total score of a two. Yeah, I'd um, say a two as well. The ones I liked marginally better than the other ones, which is only comparing to the rest of the album, were Wish, uh, Missing My Idols, uh, Bird Shit, uh, Dark Knight Dumbo, and that's it. You, I would say Underwater Fly Zone... Dark Knight, Dumbo, Kinda, and Wish for the parts of the chorus that were interesting. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, tell me what you're wishing for. Maybe you should wish it more. Like, I kind of like that little playful little... That's, like, yeah, that, that's catchy. You know, I was like, okay. But it was just like, for every one moment of that, there was uh uh the Forever Ever Baby... <laughs> where he says, Young Thug is like, we're like Bonnie and Clyde, but except the shots, like... <laughs> Oh, can we... Okay, look, I know it's not a rhyme, but we need to get the Bonnie and Clyde shit out. We need to get the Bobby and Whitney shit out. The fucking tragic I don't know why that's the thing. Like, why are people... Why are uh, people aspiring for that? I don't know. It's like the people who don't know the context of fucking Joker and Harley Quinn. It's like, (laughs) all they look at is the fucking, all they look is what's on the surface and that's it. Here's a question. Is this another uh, case like Designer? Where we got the one song that's popping, we gotta quickly rush together and throw an album Mm. because people are talking about them. That's what this sounds like. Because it sounds like Dark Knight Demo was a smash. And then they, they, this is, this is, it takes two, you know, the, the legend where it's like, oh my God, this song was so big. Well, got to make uh, seven other songs to go along with it to make an album. And they're like, huh, what? <laughs> you know, because like I said, a lot of this sounds freestyled and you know what? I think I understand why he didn't want to do the double XL freestyle because you know, all he brought to the, uh, double XL, uh, um, original freestyle was one of the best songs on the album. What else was he going to bring from this he album? He didn't have another one. Oh no. <laughs> Let's be real. What if oh god, how embarrassing would it be if he just showed up and did it again? <laughs> he did the same rap. <laughs> <laughs> and like as you're listening, you're just like, "Oh, that's kind of a dope first line." And, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and and you look at the rappers in the back of the room and they're all coming to the same realization. <laughs> But but since they're on stage and they know they're being watched, they know they can't like te- give they can't tell it too much. So they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all nodding their heads, but they're like looking at the floor, just like I I, I can't look up because I'm gonna start laughing or something. Because I knew this motherfucker. Oh yeah, I can't show up. I'm, I'm, it's the beats. The beats are what's whack. I can't rap up. Oh, oh, remember that. 
Remember it was because of the whack beats? Oh, man. You better prepare yourself for the fire you're going to hear on this fucking album. Oh, yeah, that's right. You fucking said if he says that the that the beats are whack, they better be fucking flawless. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. Not no even for uh, uh, the, the rock album that he wishes this was. Come on, man. You have to have a song eventually that has a has an up-tempo to it. There's maybe, like, one other song other than Dark Knight Dumbo that has some, like, oomph to it where where he's singing. And they're mainly just, like, the mid-tempo ballad. In fact, wasn't there one song where it's, like, uh, I think it might have been Bang, where, it, like, it started off, like, okay, eventually you have to bring in the drums, dude. Gotta do something. Come on, bring in the beat. And then he does, and it's just, like, it's barely there. And then it comes out again. And it's just, like, like, like it stops again. And it's just, like, oh... This is called fucking bang, dude. Like, and and you do the voice every now and then, bang. And it's important to note, it's not just bang. It's bang with an exclamation point. Right. Get that fucking exclamation point out of here if you're not going to do anything with it. Even with Missing My Idols, the song, one of the best songs, and it's not saying much, him missing his idols has absolutely nothing to do with the verse. Do you not hear how it's not relevant? Like, do you not hear that? Like, you don't hear how you're talking about, I'm always on the go-go, you a bitch like Tony Romo, niggas come around, now they extinct like dodos. But nowadays, I really miss my idols. What? What? Uh Oh, you were up in Soho, Uh, you've just bagged a chick, Caroline, but her nickname is Coco? Oh, you took her to the telly and now little baby going loco, mm. But you still really miss your idols. Oh, uh. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Basically. Uh, oh, he said I left and came back like LeBron's heat days. Huh? Okay. Come on, you gotta give it up for that. Do you like how he tries to flirt with references, but he only does it so often and none of them are good? Like Jimmy Neutron, I told her to have a blast. And he doesn't even say have uh-huh. a blast, he says got a blast. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the fucking Squidward and, uh... What instrument did fucking Yachty or whatever? People <laughs> blow my dick like a cello. <laughs> Don't see how I get the goddamn reference right. It's like, it's, it's almost there. You're telling me no one in this studio watched Jimmy Neutron. Dude, I didn't even watch Jimmy Neutron. I saw the promos for the show and I knew that he said, got a blast. <laughs> this This does not sound like the typical, you know, beats in a way. You know, it is cool that he's kind of flirting with the acoustic guitar and bringing, you know, some rock elements into into this SoundCloud, uh, sound, sound clown, SoundCloud hip-hop <laughs> sort of style. So it's just like, okay, I can at least give you props on that. I I think I'm just giving people props for just not doing just Lil Pump. Like, I'm just... <laughs> like, he really is the new Soldier Boy. <laughs> but folks, uh, for the Going Off podcast, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, as you heard earlier in the show, we, uh, reviewed a Coldplay album. Now, you may be asking yourself, why in the world would the Going Off podcast, who specialize in discussing hip-hop and hip-hop albums, review Coldplay? Well, in case you missed it, that was a Patreon-requested album, and if you have an album that you would like to hear our thoughts on, you just gotta head on over to our Patreons, either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Check the page for details, and you too can request an album to be discussed on the podcast. 
In addition, we'd like to ask you to follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube, and if this is your first time listening to us, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Goin Off Podcast. That's G-O-I-N apostrophe off podcast. And until next week, for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic. And if you're wishing for us to like your favorite artist, maybe you should wish it more. <laughs>